Hello and welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow the musical journey of an amateur piano player who's striving to play advanced level works one day, specifically Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. Every week we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road to this goal, ranging from the 18th century all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work, examine the music within, and hopefully we all walk away a little bit more informed and appreciative of classical music. This is episode 19.1, the first episode of a new series where we're treading some familiar waters, another collection from German composer Friedrich Bergmuller. Bergmuller lived from 1806 to 1874, which fits his musical career within the Romantic period. This was a time where the piano had blossomed to become the most popular instrument across the European music scene. And it was common to find pianos in the houses of the middle class. Because of the popularity and spread of the instrument, many people, including children, expressed demand for learning how to play the piano. Romantic-era composers filled this demand with the boom of etude writing. The etude, which comes from a French word for study, is a short musical piece that is intended to teach and refine a specific technical problem. Bergmuller stood out from some of his peers like Chopin and Liszt because he wrote etudes that were intended for children and beginning players, instead of virtuosos. He wrote three collections of etudes of progressive difficulty, Opus 100, Opus 105, and Opus 109. Even though these were late compositions, they ended up being the works that defined Bergmuller's career. Hopefully that didn't bother him too much. It's kind of like if an author spent his entire life writing literary novels, but ended up being most well-known for a trio of children's books that he wrote at the end of his career. We've already discussed Opus 100 way back in series number 4 of this podcast which is the entry point for Bergmuller's etudes. And it's also probably the most ubiquitous, still being used by students today. That collection is popular for early intermediate players because there really isn't a lot of music written specifically for students at that level. But we've all grown since then, myself included, and we're ready to tackle more complex music. So for this series, we're going to level up to Bergmuller's Opus 109, which was intended to be a direct sequel to Opus 100. These etudes are more technically demanding and more musically impressive, but they still harbor the core of etude writing, which is to teach a specific technical skill. This collection is graded as late intermediate to early advanced, and it's a great springboard to Chopin's Preludes, Mendelssohn's Songs Without Words, and Grieg's lyric pieces, which all happen to be friends of this podcast as well. Opus 100 had 25 etudes in it, and Opus 109 has a slimmer 18. We're going to tackle most of them, but we won't get to every one. I planned this series for four weeks, and each week we're going to hear three of these etudes. But I have recorded the entire collection, 
So for the etudes that we skip, you can head over to the Piano Rhapsody SoundCloud page to hear them if you're interested. So let's jump into the collection. We're going to skip number one and start right at number two. This is an etude titled The Pearls. This etude is a study in something inescapable that haunts every music student. Scales. A scale is a grouping of musical notes that are arranged in an ascending or descending manner. The number of notes varies depending on what type of scale you're using. From a diatonic scale, using only two notes, which is associated with prehistoric music, all the way up to a dodecatonic scale, also called the chromatic scale, which contains 12 notes. But the most common scales in Western music, including all of the major and minor scales that we're used to, are haptotonic scales containing seven notes. This etude is basically an exercise for the right hand in playing scales. Out of all the etudes in Opus 109, this one sounds the most like a technical exercise. But if you can pull off a performance without flubbing a mistake, it actually sounds pretty impressive. To make things as easy as possible, Bergmuller sets this piece in the key of C major, which is the scale that utilizes all of the white keys on the piano. C major, the key of innocent happiness. Pure, simple, and naive, the key of children. Free of burden, full of imagination. Powerful resolve and earnestness. The etude opens with the right hand playing a series of two octave scales in the key of C major, just each time starting on a different key. This pattern continues until Bergmuller decides to give the right hand some practice coming down the scale. And while he does this, he changes the key to the dominant, or the fifth, which in this case would be C, D, E, F, G major. But as you might expect, the etude finds its way back to C major. With a grand return of the opening section, and a fulfillment of the ternary form of ABA that is a favorite in Bergmuller's writing. This is etude number two from Bergmuller's Opus 109, titled The Pearls, a technical yet impressive sounding exercise in scale playing.
We're going to skip a couple etudes and jump ahead to number five, the spring, or as I've also seen it, the fountain. This etude is written in the key of G major, the key of magnificent fantasy. Rustic, idyllic, poetic, lyrical and calm, tenderness and gratitude, a gentle key full of peace. To emulate the sounds of flowing water, of a spring or a fountain, Bergmuller hides a melody within constantly flowing broken chords. And this etude is trying to teach the student to draw out this melody from an abundance of notes. Let's listen to the opening section of this etude, and then we'll break it down. Okay, there's kind of a lot going on here, because there are a lot of filler notes in there giving the effect of flowing water. So to simplify things a bit, I'm going to isolate the melody. This is what should be grabbing our attention as a listener, and this should also be our main focus. Now to add texture, Bergmuller sprinkles in arpeggios and chords along the G major scale to supplement this melody. And let's press pause right there, and analyze that short segment a little closer. That last part sounded a little different than the rest. That's because this section shies away from the G major scale, and introduces the chromatic scale. Chromaticism is when we ascend or descend, and hit every note along the way. It's the latter approach to scales. So. We have our melody, we have our arpeggiated supplementation to give the piece body, and now we just need to add in the lower voice. And now the sound is complete. This basic idea persists throughout the entire etude, until the very end where a cascade of ascending arpeggios takes us up the G major scale to a peaceful finish. This is etude number five from Bergmuller's Opus 109, The Spring.
For the last etude of the day, we're going to do some more jumping ahead and move on to number eight, Agitato. This etude is a departure from the other two that we've heard today because it's not going for a beautiful, pleasing sound in a major key, but an agitated, aggressive sound in a minor key. This etude is written in E minor, the key of restlessness, carrier of grief, mournfulness, and restlessness, like a princess locked in a tower longing for her rescuer. This etude is effectively a musical game of ping pong, and it's meant to teach fluid communication between your left and right hands. Where one hand leaves off, the other picks up, and the goal is to create a seamless sound. This is one of those great pieces that is easier to play than it sounds, and it's also fun to play, which makes it a standout in this collection. Neither hand on its own is very difficult. The trick is combining them. Here, let me isolate the hands for you. Here's that opening section that we just heard slowed down with just the left hand. And now the right hand's part. Now before we just slap these parts together and crank up the speed, we have to be mindful about a melody, just like in the last etude, but it's much more straightforward this time. The melody we're trying to highlight can be found in the top notes of the right-handed part. Now with that melody in mind, we can now combine the hands. and crank up the speed. This back and forth keeps on going throughout an exciting section where we ratchet up the tension and reach a climax. And then at the end, it spirals down the keys to a finale in the bass line. This is etude number eight from Bergmuller's Opus 109, Agitato.
So we're only one episode into this series, yet we've almost burned through the entire front half of this work. I promise this was intentional. I think most of the good stuff can be found in the back nine, so we're going to run it almost straight through from here on out. If you are interested in hearing the etudes that we've skipped, head over to SoundCloud and you could find recordings of them over there at the Piano Rhapsody page. Or just tune in next week, when we'll discuss another trio of etudes ranging from morning bells to evening serenades. You can find the standalone recordings of the pieces we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all of the tracks heard on this podcast and more. You can find me on Twitter, at Piano Rhapsody, or email me at pianorhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, the best way to support the podcast is to hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating or leaving a review. It's the easiest way to never miss a new episode, and it helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thanks as always for your time and your ears. And remember, the piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind.